Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Dom time, and on a big day like this, uh, President Biden, President Trump at the border, or Biden, sort of, to bring you a former acting secretary, Secretary of Homeland Security, which is really, we don't even have an acting Secretary of Homeland Security. Well, he is an actor. He's pretending to do Homeland Security. Joining us again in Philadelphia is former Secretary Chad Wolf here on Talk Radio 1210. Secretary, uh, welcome in. What's your uh, initial observations from both presidents at the border today? Well, thanks for having me again. Look, you know, it's a unique day. Uh, Rarely do you have a a current and a former president along that southern border. Um, And I think the two visits are just a it's a good contrast of, of their different approaches on, on how do they address this crisis that we've been experiencing for the last three years. So you have President Biden in uh, Brownsville, which is uh, actually one of the lowest illegal crossing sites that uh, the White House team could have picked. They've averaged somewhere between 15 and 17 illegal crossings per day in the month of February. So clearly the crisis is not there in southern Texas. Uh, versus Eagle Pass, which is they're still seeing a, trend, a tremendous amount of illegal crossings where President Trump, former President Trump, will be uh, today as well. I think what you'll hear from President Biden is he'll blame Republicans. He'll blame Republicans for not passing a bill that he believes uh, would give him the authority to stop this. Unfortunately, what I think most Americans know is that he has the authority to stop this crisis today. He's not using it. He's not rebuilding construction wall. He's not or constructing a new border wall. He's not using the Remain in Mexico program. So there's a number of things he could be doing. I think these are all things that President Trump uh, will probably talk about at some point today in Eagle Pass. Absolutely. Uh, what do you make? And uh, uh, I might be able to get them on. I'm told by somebody who helped get you on, Chad. So the Border Patrol, at least one of their union members, saying they supported the Langford uh, bill that was rejected by the House. It's better than nothing or something like that. Uh, Does that guy not understand how that gives aid and comfort to those that are undercutting the Border Patrol? Yeah, no, I certainly agree with you. I I don't know why the the Border Patrol Union came out in support of that bill, other than it provided... Uh, more resources for Border Patrol agents. And usually as a union, you're going to be very supportive of that. But overall, the bill was vastly inferior and it did not actually do anything to call to solve the crisis. And in my expert opinion, it it, it had provisions in there that it would actually make it worse. Um, so that's why the bill ultimately failed and it failed on a bipartisan basis. It wasn't just Republicans. There's a lot of Democrats that didn't like the bill as well. So I think the Border Patrol Union made a mistake there in endorsing that bill. But you're right. It provides President Biden a talking point. But unfortunately, that's all the administration has. They don't have a record of actually trying to solve this issue. They don't even have ideas on how to solve this issue. All they have is a talking point. And all they can point to is a bill you know, that was negotiated in the Senate that they think will solve this. And what I try to keep reminding people, your viewers included, is that Congress did not break the border in 2021. They didn't cause this crisis. The Biden administration did uh, through 94 executive actions on immigration in 2021. They have the ability to reverse course and they have the ability to solve this tomorrow. And you don't need Congress. And in fact, the executive authority uh, is the quickest way to get this crisis under control. 
Uh, Secretary, if there is a second uh, Trump term, and if you were in there in some part of the mix on this, I'm a, a bit critical. I'm not asking you to be. I'm just telling you honestly of attention to detail with President Trump and getting the wall built. I realize some of the hurdles, but it's got to be day one in all our fight. Otherwise, they'll use one thing or another to stop more of the wall being built. What is it that happened there in your view? How were they able to thwart effectively building more of the wall? Yeah, I think, look, I think it's important to keep in mind at the end of the Trump administration, over 450 miles of, of that border wall was built. New border wall construction was undertaken. So uh, there was a significant amount built, and we had identified about another 200 miles for priority locations. So well over 50 percent of what we were looking at. But I think this is a larger question that you have is as we went into 2017 into a new Trump administration, he didn't have the right team on the field. And I think, uh, you know, you would he would probably agree with that. It took a couple of years to get the right team in place to execute. And so a lot of a lot of the uh, you know progress that you would like to see at the beginning of administration didn't occur there. And so a lot of that progress was on the back end of those two of that four year term. Uh, but I do agree with you. I think, you know, a new America first president uh, will have a vastly different operation in place where on day one, there will be a number of plans, a number of executive orders and a number of executive actions ready to go. Thank you for being so honest with that. I mean, I respect the position. You, you kind of clarified stuff for me because, look, I'm big. And as I know you are, too, it's effective, but it's got to be uh, all out. And as you said, the right people, the hurdles and the stuff that will stop you and slow you down, they are gargantuan. When you were um, Secretary of Homeland Security, what kept you up at night uh, other than just the border? What's the big security threat? I'm looking at uh, people, there's astounding numbers coming in from China, and I don't think they're all agents of the Chinese government, but it is amazing to get here from China in those numbers. No, I think that's right, and I, uh, obviously that's a huge concern right now. Look, the, the the thing that kept me up at night, in addition to a lot of the activities and actions that we were doing along the southern border to make that more secure than it had ever really been, you know, the U.S. is such an open society, and, and we allow people, once they arrive here in the United States, to really move freely um, inside the country. And so the idea of a lone actor doing something very bad, um, they have the ability and they have the means to do it. And so that was always the most concerning thing to me is making sure, and, that, and that's why we put a premium during the Trump administration of making sure that we knew who was coming into the country and we vetted them before they arrived here. And I think you contrast that with the Biden administration, where they're saying anyone and everyone who wants to come, come on in, we'll release you, and then we'll vet you, and then we'll determine if you have a legal right to be here. And so there's a different philosophy. Those are two competing uh, philosophies right. on how to secure, you know, your national sovereignty, or I say the country's national sovereignty. Um, but to answer your question, what kept me up at night is not only the lone actor, but a lot of the cyber, the cybersecurity vulnerabilities uh, that I was privy to as well. Uh, do you feel, again, we're on our way to fixing them? Uh, uh, it seems like enough people in Congress say that and talk about it. Is it a partisan thing or is it just we won't do anything till we're hit in a significant way? 
Well, I think a lot of it's leadership. And, uh, you know, in our system of government, that leadership needs to start from the top and with the president. Mm-hmm. And, and you see two different styles, right, with President Trump, who cared a lot about border security, cared a lot about vetting, cared a lot about understanding who was coming into the country. And, and President Biden has kind of gone back to the status quo of what we've seen over a period of decades where it, it, it's no longer suited for the threats and the risks that we face today. But yet that's what they've put in place. So first of all, I would say it's leadership. And having the right leadership makes all the difference in the world because, look, there's an, you know, a lot of different authorities and powers that have been given to the president and, and the secretary of Homeland Security over the course of a number of years. You just have to use it in a responsible and legal way. And we saw that during the Trump administration, and you see that you see the opposite today. I hear you, Secretary. I do hope that we see you again in another Trump administration. At this time, uh, full Homeland Security. You did a heck of a job, and your honesty today in talking about the wall is much appreciated. Hope to speak with you again very soon. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. There is uh, Chad Wolf. Now you heard what he said. He didn't deny when I asked him about the border wall. Not enough getting built. Uh, look, uh, Trump has a lot of good qualities, attention to detail and drilling down on that right out of the box. And that means the right people, as he said, that has to be better if there's a second Trump administration. More of that wall could be built. The entire thing could be built. But it's a battle. They're just not going to roll over. They're going to fight you for every foot. And a lot of it, he's right, was built uh, to the middle or end of the Trump years. All right, phone lines are 855-839-1210. That's how you get on board. Don't forget the side question. Hit us with that all-time uh, phenom, a natural. Joan of Arc, 17, winning the war. Uh, Michael Jackson, uh, you can think of any number of uh, athletes. One other thing, Donald Trump has been stripped from the Illinois Republican primary ballot. Uh, we'll see what happens on that roll in the January 6th. This is the third. It's a judge in this case. In Maine, it's uh, a female politician. And in uh, Colorado, it's uh, their Supreme Court. Supreme Court's going to rule on this sooner rather than later, it looks like. There's no way they're going to be able to keep them off the ballot in this. But This allows Nikki Haley to think, oh, maybe I'll steal. Remember I told you the magic number is five. If she gets five wins out of all these states that are left and upcoming, she then gets a much bigger platform at the convention. And that's not a good idea for what will happen there. All right, coming up, Mitch McConnell, we told you yesterday, uh, drops out in November, pretty much to keep his power until then. They might have been ready to take him out otherwise. I'll give you the betting odds, and I'll give you who Robert Kennedy Jr. last night endorsed to be the majority leader. Cornyn is the odds-on favorite. Can you imagine? Beyond a rhino, the guy from Texas. It's stunning to me that that guy's from Texas. He's running, and he's the odds-on leader. Dom Dano Show, welcome in. I'm glad I see one on the board of a phenom of just a natural that I didn't say it myself because it could be a winner. Let me go to Tony and Delco with that. Hey, Tony, good afternoon. I was ready to say this one. I'm glad you called. Who do you have? Awesome. I have Alexander the Great and not the hockey player. Okay, why? Well, uh, he defeated all of Persia. Um, he went into Egypt 
and they made him a god. And he did this, like, at a super young age. Um, he led nations to just create his own path. Uh, yeah, think, well, uh, I, I think it's a summation would be he had conquered the world, didn't know what else to do, and he was under 30. Yeah. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, Alexander the Great is uh, up there. It's pretty hard to uh, got to put that in the final rung here. All right, uh, a couple of quick sports stories to throw into the mix here. Along, You heard uh, Chad Wolf. That was good stuff. One, heard on WIP, uh, one of their VPs, Troy Vinson, seems like they're going to get rid of the tush push. Now, here's why that's important. It's why I am such a negative on the NFL. Why are they getting rid of it? Because it's always about parity. That's what I think. It can't be stopped or almost can't be stopped. Although a couple teams came pretty close to thinking, all right, we're going to dust up the quarterback then. Almost took his helmet off. But other than that, and I'm not saying it just because of the Eagles. Other teams have tried it. They don't have a good enough offensive line. And uh, Jalen Hurts is able to press, what, 600 pounds. Yeah. A record. Yeah, his lower body strength. He's very hard to knock back in a situation like that. The tight end is very effective at pushing him in addition to some others. So you think the NFL ought to get rid of it, Henry? No. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You invent something and uh, you got to deal with this. Well, I always think about like, you know, when a, when a running back is on the goal line or something like right. that, the linemen always come in from behind and push him. So if you outlawed the tush push because right. you don't like the extra support behind him, you're going to have to start throwing flags for that too. It's going to open up Pandora's box and everything. Yeah, and the reason for it is these other teams complain. They don't think they can stop it. The psychological edge the Eagles have is it's not first and ten, it's first and nine or first mm-hmm. and eight. Yep. And that allows them a lot of freedom. Well, go figure out what they're doing, yeah. get players, and do it. Yeah, and he, look, even if they outlawed the tush-push, I still think a regular QB sneak that get the yard every time. Yeah. This uh, is more overwhelming or a spectacle. The other thing is the Phillies, after 27 years, are getting rid of dour dog nights. Boo. Yeah. Now, the reason you're going to have to pay for a hot dog, then you get the second one for free. The reason is some clowns, or more than some, are it's cheap, so they throw hot dogs into the field. Left field, I think it was mainly like yeah. 50 hot dogs, and it is crowded. On the concourse, I think I was there for one a few years back to go and get anything else. So it does take up a lot of space. It's their most popular thing. Yeah, I was I was there for the first dollar dog right. night where uh, they were flying last season, and uh, yeah, you had to have your head in a bit of a swivel because you didn't know <laughs> where where the dogs were coming from or when. Especially as, as late in the game, as the game got kind of ugly, because that's that's part of the reason yeah. it happened because they were getting smoked. Yeah, but the idea that, uh, here we go again, you always have this dilemma, because of some, you're going to take away something that people love. And I guess the cost of a hot dog, getting the second one for free, is not enough. If it's only a dollar, I guess you can buy 10, and then they go crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't get rid of it. I just think you'd send a mechanism, you're going to be banned for 10 years or something. And with the technology they have, they can do it. If you're caught, that's what's going to happen to you. Does that stop it totally? Probably not. But uh, you know, why take away something? Yeah. I understand the, the rationale, and Middleton's probably the best owner of any team over the last twenty years, as far as wanting to do the right things for fans, et cetera. 
But, you know, particularly in hard times and all, you get a bunch of college kids that go to the game and they have dinner, they eat three hot dogs. Seems to me, anyhow. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there. And because the tickets are all bought online nowadays, too, you could actually enforce that. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You can tell who's doing it. All right. So uh, no dollar dog nights. You buy one, you get one free. Not exactly the same kind of bounce. All right. 855-839-1210 will get you in. Uh, the uh, the stuff from uh, Chad Wolf was uh, really good. A guy who would be spectacular. I think he came in in the last year and a half or two years, something like that, during the Trump years. And just admit it, you know, the people they had in the field early on, this is the learning curve. I got to say, Trump's uh, staff this time around, we've been dealing with them. And the ones that we hear about that are running his reelection, they're not flying by the seat of their pants. They're very good. And that, the you know, the first time he ran particularly, it was just, there was no order until Kellyanne Conway came in. Look at the people that were helping to run it. The second time around, it got crazy too. This time, though, I think he's got real players in there, and I think they get it, particularly the RNC and things of that nature. So it's going to be a much better run campaign. And that's a large part of what it takes to win. It's enormous to run for president. We're talking not just billions of dollars, but thousands and thousands of people, positioning, right moment, strategy. You can't just make it up as you go along. It doesn't work that way. Uh, more than a dozen states, too, at this point, are challenging Trump being on the ballot. We're up to three that have taken him off. The woman that did this judge in Illinois, you look at her background, she crawls with the same sorts of things we're seeing in other places. Um, Pennsylvania is a state that has a suit or had a suit to keep them off the ballot. That's been dismissed. I don't think they're uh, going to uh, do that here in Pennsylvania effectively. Uh, I don't expect. Now, that would be huge news if we were taken off in a state like Pennsylvania. By the way, um, we played you Phil Murphy, not just yucking it up at his state of the state budget, but then he goes on Channel 12 and he's taking calls there and he's laughing about and mocking and saying people really don't care about the whales. Um, Jeff Van Drew has responded. Um, our buddy, uh, Robin Schaefer, uh, Protect Our Shore, uh, says that... Um, that uh, uh, Van Drew has said, for years I've been raising concerns about the problems associated with offshore wind farms. The issues are far more extensive than the in incidents of dozens of whales, which started when the surveying began. And we're really supposed to think that having to dig up hundreds of miles of seafloor would have no impact on marine, marine life or environment whatsoever. These wind farms also negatively impact our radar systems used by vessels. Our own government has been warned about that. I had people on uh, from a Pennsylvania area where something like this was happening and helicopters, et cetera, were worried there was a threat there. This guy is doing this because he's not used to. He's a king, the king of hair, the rug. He's not used to seeing this type of pushback. And as this pushback increases, He's getting more angry, and he's just not going to stand for it. He's got to win. He's got to bring this one home.
Now, I think the same way. It's personal. No, you're not going to bring this one home. We're going to beat you. We've done it already. Face it. So we only can't, we don't care about the whales is the art. We're just using the whales. Anybody really care about the whales? Come on now. So Van Drew will be on the show at one o'clock tomorrow. We've adverted another government shutdown. Details are kind of unclear, uh, but uh, it looks like this is going to go through and there will not be a government shutdown of any sort. It gets kicked, the can gets kicked down the road for a little bit, and it doesn't appear that people are going after uh, Mike Johnson on this. I think he's got a very tough job, and I think he's been very effective in trying to move the ball forward with this. So, Van Drew on the show tomorrow uh, to lay this stuff out. It's obnoxious, though, with this guy. And the reason is you're not allowed to ever win on this. If you do, then you you don't get it. You're in Jersey. They run Jersey. They're going to tell you what to do. You don't follow the science. He even had the nerve to say in this interview, people got the joke later on. Went over their heads, but they got it. They were chuckling. It was a good joke about the 40 miles versus the 12 miles. These progressives, they are, this guy is just a creep. And what we're seeing play out here is bigger than just the wind farms. If you beat them on something like this, they realize the peasants are rising up. Even in a place like Jersey, they're not taking it. What the whales did was emotionally get the attention of people. Just seeing that on the beaches, time after the the dolphins too. And once that happened, and once our friends at the shore sprung into action and started educating people over the course of the summer, there was quite a grassroots movement now. I've met these people, and they are dedicated, and they do care. And a number of people then started to say, yeah, just think of how they're going to wreck our birthright, the Jersey Shore, going there in the summer. And that got people. So what does this guy not get? Well, he thinks it's just all political because that's all it is with him. Politics, money, power, not caring about anything. Same thing with the wife. People do care about this. So what are we going to say? They're overly sentimental about the whales. A few dead whales are not going to stop Phil Murphy. Uh, Kevin in Bucks County, Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Kevin, good afternoon. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, Kevin. Good. So I mentioned it to uh, Mr. Mashett. And Mr. Yes, it's a one name person, right? It's just yes. one name goes by one name. But but Henry mentioned him by his middle name because of the movie. Yes. Mozart. Yes, that's a pretty good one. That's pretty hard. Imagine the guy who was it? Amadeus. Yes. Yes. Imagine Both competing. Amadeus Mozart. Yeah. No, I, I mean, ima- no, who was the Salieri? Salieri. Yeah. Timothy, oh, Salieri. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Imagine the competitor and you're that good. And Mozart's like, ah, get out of here. You know, and he's like 10 yeah. uh, having to deal yeah. with that. Yeah. I would oh, go. And also, yeah. To let you know, Dom, uh, Greg Soccer's the one that said the wire. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. We'll have to take that up with him. There'll be a heck of a Friday back and forth here. Roll it. Roll back the tape. Roll back the tape. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mozart is a great one. Alexander the Great and Mozart. You don't get too much more of naturals than that. All right, coming up, Joe of Exton uh, jumps in. What does he have today? Oh my God! 
Eight five five Rin Tin Tin yesterday. Even Roe heard that and said, "This yeah. guy is a genius. He just <laughs> knows how to calibrate." The most interesting man in Exton uh, and others at eight five five eight three nine twelve ten. You can uh, get on board. But this uh, this stuff with Murphy. Why all of a sudden does he have to fire these shots? Is he afraid he still can't win with all that power, all that muscle? All those corrupt, hypocritical progressives there, all the mob just waiting for their handouts from the progressives. He can't beat us on the whales. All the scheme. I mean, look at what he's done. This creep. The mayor of North Wildwood is one of the greatest public servants I've ever seen. All right. You know, how we feel about uh, Mayor Pete, too, in, in Wildwood, but the mayor of North Wildwood. And all they're trying to do is save their beaches. And they wanted to put in bulkheads, and they did it at one point. It's all out war now. By the way, a dolphin apparently washed up, thanks to a listener who sent it to me on Facebook, on 16th Street there in North Wildwood. And I'm told the beaches are diminishing. You remember three or four years ago, to get even, you had to walk over hilltops. You had to sit on hills on the beach in North Wildwood. Are we going to see that again? Why? This creep cannot be challenged. That's why. It's the Jersey way. That's what happens to you. Get the Army Corps of Engineering. Bomb them. They want sand. We'll put sand in there. Uh, the beaches have got... I like a, a, a small beach, by the way. I, I don't like, certainly, the beach in the center of Wildwood where you need a, a golf cart to go there. I mean, it's a half mile. Well, uh, Wildwood Crest, too. There are several of them down by Mulligans that were... Wow, three-quarters of a mile, it seems like, to get to the water. Once you're there, you think you should be at the water almost. So I like the, uh, it, it's cozy. But you can't have it shrink to like 50 feet and have people piling in on a Friday. Yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, so they're trying to preserve their beaches. Murphy doesn't like it. He says it's got to be natural. And they say, well, look at what it's done. And there you go. That's what he does. It's all about retaliation. He's retaliating on us now. He wants to take us on. Here's a guy that can't even take on his own hair. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Classing up the Dom Giordano show. A little Mozart here. Uh, don't check us on that. I'm not sure. But it sounds like it. 855-839-1210. That's the side question today. Tomorrow is the day that Mickey Mantle retired at Yankee Stadium. Phenom of phenoms. Getting good ones, too, outside the world of uh, sports. Uh, We like those. Uh, 855-839-1210. That's how you uh, get on board. Let's go to Joe of Exton. Know something about phenoms. Hey, Joe, good afternoon. Uh, Yes, hello, Dom. Good afternoon. And uh, Joe of Exton has a new title, in-house guru. (laughs) All right, send that tape off to Dan in Mexico. Yeah. My God, that's exactly right, Joe. <laughs> um, as for my um, 
uh, childhood phenomenon <clears throat> is the late pianist Andre Watts. His mother was Hungarian, and she met an American soldier in Hungary. They married and came to America, where Andre was born. And they soon realized uh, this boy had a talent as a musician, so much so that as a youngster, Andre Watts appeared with the Philadelphia Orchestra under the baton of Eugene Ormandy. Wow. How old was he, Joe, approximately? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, maybe um, around 10 or 12. I'm not sure of that, oh, though. Oh, boy. Yeah, that is a uh, good choice, Joe. That title is already, we're already uh, putting it in our uh, systems here. Thank you, Joe. Joe of Eckstein, in-house guru, made it up himself. Yeah. The, the story, I love it. The story continues every day. There's got to be a way we could do a Joe of Exton day. There's well, got to be yeah, some way we can I do this. First, I have to go over to his house and take some flowers to Mrs. Joe of Exton and uh, get this going. All, All right. right. wanted to mention uh, something else, too. Uh, I, I see uh, the police and uh, Mayor Parker are building up on Kensington. We told you that, right? And um, I get it. They need some time. They're doing several things there that are appropriate. And I think when we hit April, spring weather is when there's going to be the all-out pushback with all these things in place. So I'm willing to say there, things seem to be moving along. They're sending signals, though, that they're not going to do what was done in the past with the ATVs. And, and this is a big deal. I don't know that you have any blood in your body. I don't know if you have any gumption. If you see these animals running through town like some apocalyptic gang of misfits, and people say, well, it's too dangerous to do anything to stop them. And then they started to do it in Radnor, the suburbs. We've seen all that. Now, we don't want to see anybody get killed. Well, at least people that are not doing this, uh, you know, in the action of trying to stop them. Once they engage in this, well, they're putting themselves open to whatever the police have to do. But they're sending signals now, more than signals. You're starting to see a ramp up that they are going to go after this. They are going after it on several fronts. And they're not going to allow it. It's, a, it's an affront. And I just think that public figures should go by the motto, you know what, not on my watch. In other words, I may not be able to stop everything that's going on in the world that's lawless, that's wrong. But where I am, where I'm in charge, I'm going to move heaven and earth. It's, it's just a test of wills. Biden with the border... That's more of an ideological thing. But this idea that you're never going to be able to get the border under control is just a test of wills. That's all that it is in the end with many of these things. It's not an unknowable. It's not about there are not enough resources. It's about do you have the will to do it or does the other side have the will to overcome you? Because you're afraid of political stuff, something of that nature. So watch for the um, ATV thing. I think Sherelle Parker, and I, I said this in the beginning when we met her, is a force of nature. There's a lot of good there. I don't agree with her on everything. 
I think she supports the $15 an hour minimum wage. We, we made that point when we first had her on and hope to do that again very soon. There's a number of things where she's in step with the Democrat Party, and I don't agree with that. That's fine. But on big issues like this, and this is the biggest issue for government, which is public safety, doing your best to ensure the life, liberty, property of the average person, the average citizen, that's job one. And on that, particularly for Democrats that we've seen, I think she's doing a hell of a job. Watch for this showdown, though, because these ATV people, they're not going to give up easily. Now, I have to admit something, and Henry, I'll ask you. I'll give you the rational side of Dom, and then I'll give you the side that uh, overwhelms, and maybe I can make it seem rational. What do you do when you confiscate their bikes? One could be that you do something and, and you do it legally for charity with them. You know, you sell them in a legal way, people licensed, uh, something like that. Or the Dom way, we have a big party in front of City Hall with a giant crusher. I mean, like stories high, just crushing them. And you get to hit the button or blow them up if you want. Or bring them there if they're under arrest, make them watch it, then blow them up. That's what I'd like to do. And I think that's what people want to do. Yeah. We're tired of this. I, I like the spectacle, like the yeah. whole thing. And be... Yeah, but how about the charity, the kids? They could have a ball field. These are thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, that's a good point, too. I hadn't thought No, stick with the first one. It's right. We, we deserve it after living under this nonsense. We've talked about that before. Big event at Dom Gier Day, crushing ATVs. Yes. That was one of the yeah, I'm events sure, on the uh, list. I'm sure Johnny Z down at Mulligan's would provide quite enough space there where we oh, could absolutely. crush them. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah. your idea is really good, too. Taking them and selling them and donating, and donating the money to a police charity or yeah. a widow. There's got to be a way to make this happen, but I would totally agree with you. People, I don't think that you're really going to see that too much this year. I think it's a new administration, new rules. I think you may see a change. You'll you'll see it occasionally, but not as much. No, I think, uh, well, the first test is going to be the first time they do it en masse because they will test. Will the police, there are tactics they could use. Uh, with this, they can. there are ways to hem them in. There are ways to put obstacles in front of them. There is a degree of risk. I mean, Today's in, a good day. They're, right. They're insane. They will go on sidewalks. They will do all that. So you have to weigh that carefully because if they kill somebody in that situation, then the police are going to be blamed. But the, the showdown is coming from what I can tell. They're gearing up in the appropriate way. The law is there. And it's only uh, progressives that make excuses for this and think they're just blowing off steam. No, they're not. They're animals. That's exactly what this is. I think the next time a monster jam comes to town, yes. they should, <laughs> instead of having like old beat up cars under there, they should have yeah, all these bikes. AT- crush the okay. ATVs. Yeah, crush the ATVs. Tell you, have yes. Gravedigger just destroy them. Exactly. All right, uh, 855-839-1210, uh, you get on board. All right, so those are the uh, two choices. Uh, more of the Dom Giordano Show coming up. we got a great Dom's Money Melody today. Let's go to Robert in Ben Salem. Hey, Robert, afternoon. Hey, Dom, how you doing today? Good. Um, I actually wanted to just point out that Alexander the Great is an amazing answer. He, he um, unified Greece by the age of 24, and conquered the Persian Empire by the age of 33, 
gave Egypt to his best general, Ptolemy, and his last descendant was Cleopatra. I mean, far-reaching, a whole library, Alexandria, all in 33 short years. And he only left Greece with 35,000 troops, Tom. He yeah. conquered all of that empire, gathering troops from people that he liberated from the Persians as he went, all the way to the Indus River. Amazing. But um, I'll leave that and just admire the answer, and I'll give mine is 17-year-old Mac Rutherford, the youngest person to fly solo around the world. That just happened about two years ago. And he was also the youngest person to ever be um, fully licensed as a pilot. Wow. Now, and was, what was was he in the plane alone, though? Were there people yes, there with him? Yes. Whoa, they, they wait a minute. Solo. Oh, they specified solo. Oh, my. You know, that even with modern. So you can just imagine when um, Amelia Earhart and others flew solo back then, what that had to be like, Robert. Oh, that's, that's well, amazing. See- Future astronaut there, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, without I mean, a doubt. All, all, the right, all the right stuff. You guys have a great day. That is a good one. So I, I haven't heard of him before, but, yeah, flying solo around the world. Uh, Lindbergh, you know, was a fascist and other things, but the bravery and the ability to fly that plane solo across the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. staying up. During that, you know, it's you crazy. fall asleep there a little bit. That's trouble. Yeah, you start yeah. dozing off. It's like, well, what am I going to do here? Do I have any more five-hour energies here? Like, yeah, exactly. They didn't have five-hour energy. You know, I wonder if he endorsed anything like that. How he stayed awake? I guess he had coffee, but you oh, know, that's oh. long. How long was his flight? Do you have any sense? It couldn't have been twenty-four yeah, hours. Let me look that up. I mean, I've stayed awake for twenty-four hours because of this job. There were opportunities doing stuff. It's not a pretty picture. When you start seeing stuff at a certain point, if you don't sleep, I mean, you uh, just can't. So it says Mac Rutherford's longest flight was 10 hours. I meant uh, Lindbergh. Oh, Lind- Lindbergh, yeah. How long did it take him? It must have taken 24 hours or close to it to go across the Atlantic Ocean with speed of planes in. Oh, this one's tough. Yeah. 33 hours, 30 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh man. Woof. No five-hour energy, no drugs, no. maybe coffee. Wow. I see why I was a hero. I mentioned this early on. So busy today. I didn't get to it yet, though. Tom Giordano Show. RFK Jr. endorses Rand Paul to replace Mitch McConnell as a Republican leader. Uh, RFK says he's shown great leadership, great judgment. Part of public service is about knowing when to usher in a new generation Uh, It's time to promote leaders in Washington who don't kowtow to the military contractors or pushes deeper into foreign conflicts. Now, this has given rise today to a spasm of people saying uh, yes to that, but also RFK ought to choose Rand Paul as his VP choice. When Rand Paul was, Senator Paul was last on the show, he says uh, he's thinking he's sticking to the party. I, I don't see him doing that. But you can tell these guys think alike, even though one is uh, very conservative, the other very liberal on a number of issues. But I do have the odds here. There's this guy, Josh Barton, who runs sportsbetting.ag. He has a list of the next Republican Senate leader candidates and set odds for each. John Barrasso. Oh, man, another snoozer. Which which, uh, state is... He's not, I mean, it's, I think he's Wyoming. Is, he's, is he Wyoming or is he Montana? He's Wyoming. He's Wyoming. Yeah, he's Wyoming. 
He's two to one. John Thune from South Dakota. Another Mr. Excitement is three to one. The worst. John Cornyn from Texas is uh, four to one. Rick Scott, who I don't know, Henry, if you've ever been in his presence, uh, he looks like a guy from the future. He looks like that episode that Seinfeld had of the guy with the shaved head as the boyfriend of Elaine. Yeah. When he walks around, he's uh, he's pretty good from Florida. He's got phalanx of people walking on the side. He's a billionaire, and he looks like he came you know, from the future to yeah. save us. Got a bit of a Lex Luthor look to him. He does. He is uh, seven to one. Tim Scott twelve to one. Uh, J.D. Vance. People have touted him thirty-five to one. Oh man, Lindsey Graham is only forty-one. I don't like that. Ugh. I want that to be a trillion to one. Tommy Tuberville, coach. <laughs> oh my God, he's eighty to one. Imagine being behind him. Ted Cruz is a hundred to one. And Rand Paul is 150 to 1. Wow. They're afraid of Rand Paul. Uh, Susan Collins is 250 to 1. Here's the question of the day there. Will Donald Trump file for bankruptcy before the 2024 general election due to that bill? I think it's going to go down a lot by the court. Uh, if you say yes, that's minus 200. If you say no, that's plus 250. It's uh, one to two, yes, three to two, no. I don't think you can get that on FanDuel, but they ought to put it up there. They should. I'd say there's a real possibility he might, but... Uh, yeah, they're bleeding him dry. There's, I'd say there's a good chance. I'd take yeah. those odds. I still think, though, it's... Well, bankruptcy in this case will not be damaging. Usually people like me don't like filing for bankruptcy and all that stuff, but... Imagine Rand Paul is behind Tommy Tuberville. <laughs> that tells you what a threat he is. Hey, Tommy Tuberville, great leader, won some SEC championships. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he'd be able to show you the pooch kick and all that stuff, <laughs> this guy. But how about uh, Joni Ernst is 28 to 1, Lindsey Graham 40 to 1, Marco Rubio's 50 to 1. He's worse than Lindsey Graham. Oof. What are the Republicans doing there where Lindsey Graham is ahead of Marco Rubio and. Um, Mike Lee, the senator from Utah, who's brilliant, not exactly electric like Rand Paul, he's not even on here. So those are some of the, if I had to say where they might go, and this is, this is a chance for the Republican Senate to really win back people, potentially, go with Rand Paul. What a difference it would make. All right, big two o'clock hour coming up. We have Dom's Money Melody. And wait until you hear the Republican response to this election task force of Josh Shapiro. It's a good one. Straight ahead here on Talk Radio 1210. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.